0: A while ago I had the um, opportunity of being in hospital with my mom and there was a lady in the bed, this was in a cancer ward right, um, there was a lady in the bed across from her who had a, a cyst on her stomach, they were, they were investigating a huge lump cyst and they said, they came to her and said it's just a cyst we're gonna try and drain it but you just have to put up with the pain for now and she was Italian She didn't speak any English at all and her little husband spoke broken English. And so all she did all day and all night was driving mum nuts. She'd just be in her bed crying and rocking going, Mary, oh Mary, crying out for Mary to come and take away the pain. And mum says, I wish she spoke English so I could tell her that, you know, she's crying out to the wrong person. And, um, and really, Mary was a beautiful woman who gave birth to Jesus, but that was it, you know, she was just a human being like us. And um, and so one day, I couldn't take it anymore. And mum was asleep, so I thought, this is my chance. And she was crying in agony, this woman. And I went over to her, and I said, um, I said to her husband, hello, you know, is your wife in pain? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, "Oh, that's not good." Um, look, I'm I'm a pastor, and he goes, "Huh?" Like that. I went, oh, "Okay." Um, I'm a minister, and he goes, "Huh?" And I went, "Oh." I said, "Oh, look, I'm a priest." Oh, padre, padre, and he tells his wife that I'm a priest, and they. And then he says, we haven't been to Catholic Church in a very long time. (laughs) And he starts like looking like I'm going to really condemn him to hell or something. And um, I said, no, that's okay. Bless you, bless you. That's all right. You're forgiven. Bless you, bless you. (laughs) And uh, I said, look, I want to pray for your wife. You asked her, can I pray for her? And I was so excited that I was a priest who had offered to pray for her, even though she hadn't been to Mass. And I uh, hadn't done confession. <laughs> and I laid my hands and I prayed for her pain. Amen. And then, then I said to her husband, um, I've got a message. I got really serious then. I've got a message for your wife from Mary. And he goes, oh, and he tells her, you know, she goes, oh. And I said, okay, this is the message. It's very important that you tell her what Mary's saying. Okay, okay. And then I said, Mary said, stop calling out to me. Call out to my son. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the savior of the world. And he told her this and she went, ah, oh, Jesus. Oh, dear. And he said, yeah, Jesus Christ. I said, Jesus Christ. I sounded like Chinese then, didn't I? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's right. I said, but it's no use calling out to Jesus if you don't believe. You have to believe in him. And he said that to her. And then she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she said, I believe, I believe, I believe Jesus. She started crying out to Jesus. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Now the next day they came in and, and, and I wasn't there and they told that lady that this was not a cyst, it was a tumour, that she was terminal, they, that she didn't have long to live. And I never saw her again. They moved her out of there into a, a place to go and die. And how amazing was that? That really, uh, there was no communication that I could have. It was just it was just God used a simple girl who just says, I can't stand it anymore. Someone's got to tell this poor woman about Jesus. Amen? And this morning, Pastor Phil preached the most amazing message. You've got to get it. I, I, I actually asked him to preach it again tonight because it was so good that I wanted to hear it again, but he said that, you know, it was my turn. And, um, <laughs> it's your turn. And, um, but you've got to get that message downloaded. It's called The Road to Bethlehem. Amazing message. But in that, he had me um, stuffed with these things, and I was eight months pregnant, and I was supposed to be Mary. And at one point there, I was being Mary on The Road to Bethlehem, and I said, all I need is a donkey. And then I looked around for a donkey... And I just went, oh, James. And everybody went, oh, poor James. But I want you to know, James, that that was a compliment. Yeah. You know why? Because Jesus is always looking for donkeys. And you are a, an incredible donkey, let me tell you right, right now. <laughs> now. Now, I'm going to explain that to you right now. Okay, okay. For the record. So we're talking about Christmas, we're talking about, you know, the whole Jesus um, being born and Mary going to Bethlehem and all that kind of stuff. So we're looking in this scripture here and it says, Mary rode into Bethlehem on a donkey. I'm just saying this first. Mary rode into Bethlehem on a donkey. Mary was carrying the promise to bring it to birth. How many know that? Mary was carrying the promise to bring it to birth. Jesus, still in the womb, was needing a vessel to help bring the promise to pass, and so God chose a donkey. Amen. Here's Mary, she needs to get to Bethlehem. Jesus is in the womb. The promise needs to be brought to birth, and the Father God chooses a donkey to carry Mary to bring the promise to birth. In Matthew, we see that Jesus again chooses a donkey, a donkey. to carry him into his destiny. Look at this, Matthew 21.1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Betharge on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there and with her a colt by her. So now we're talking about a big donkey and a youth donkey that Jesus wants to use. Amen? A grown-up person and a not-so-grown-up person that Jesus wants to use. He says, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a a colt and a fowl on a donkey. Jesus was saying, I have need of you. I have need of something that I can ride on, something that I can use as a vessel to bring forth this promise to a hurting and a dying world. Jesus is calling forth donkeys right then and there. And in John, have a look at this, here's a clearer account. John 12, 12, 14. The Lord gave me this sermon because of you this morning. I just said, I'm in need of a donkey. And when I went home and I was praying, the Lord said, that's the sermon you've got to preach tonight. You know the one you had prepared? Throw it away. You've got to preach this one. And so I just sat down and thought about James and all the donkeys in this church, he or me included, and um, hopefully, and wrote a sermon. So John 12, 12 to 14 says this, the next day the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified glorified, did they realise that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. You see, even the disciples did not... Jesus never did anything for no reason. There was a message in everything that Jesus did. And there's something about a donkey. There's something about a donkey that just says, okay, I'll be a servant. I'm on all fours. Get on my back. Do whatever you need to do. You know, load me up. Whatever happens, I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you to where you need to go. I'm not going to draw attention to myself. I'm just going to carry the king into town. Amen. And when all the hosannas and everything come, they're not even going to notice me. They're going to see the king. that's seated on my shoulders as I carry him into town. Amen? Jesus is still looking for a donkey to ride on. You know, Jesus doesn't look for thoroughbreds. And we have this concept. I've heard it over and over and over again. People say to me, I can't come to church until I get my life together. Or you know, I, I ask them, "Can you do this or that in church?" They go, "But yeah, but I'm not really good enough, or I don't have it together, or I'm not a thoroughbred like Garth, who's a thoroughbred. And if I just look like Garth, if I could talk like Garth, and if I could hold myself, if I had a piece of paper like that on a on a certificate, and the pastors laid hands on me. I could do anything. I could move mountains for Jesus. But me, I'm just a donkey." And, you know, donkeys, you know, they don't, they don't really get much recognition, do they? But Jesus chooses donkeys, and Garth would agree with me when I say that these that are eeyore. Amen. <laughs> eeyore. <laughs> he's looking not for someone who's bred for greatness, like a thoroughbred, but he's looking for someone who knows the greatness of our King. Someone who's willing to lay down their life and let the king walk across their back. Someone who's willing to be humble, broken with a servant heart that just wants to see Jesus glorified. He's looking for a humble servant, a humble servant-hearted vessel who would not seek glory for itself or draw attention away from the king. He's looking for a weak vessel with strong shoulders. Amen. That's what you are, Vicky, Weak vessel with strong shoulders. I mean, Roy, you play that guitar and honestly, I would go and watch you play because there's something so special that comes out when you play guitar. I don't know if you realise it or not, but you're probably the best acoustic guitarist in this church, really. As far as holding the rhythm, as far as putting inflections in that are beautiful and and just timely and tasteful. I mean, you know, it's just, you are a guitarist. You're not just playing this, but you just go, eat, or I'm just a donkey, and I just say, great. I'm so glad that Jesus put the guitar in the hands of a donkey. Right. Amen? Isn't that right? Yeah. You know, over the years, we have had some great musicians walk into this church great musicians who are professional musicians and who say aren't you honoured that I would come to your church and I will be willing to give my gift to you to serve this church and you know we had one guy he drew so much attention to himself when he was playing guitar, this is years ago so none of you know him so don't think oh who is it? who is that no, Eeyore So this guy, and every time he was on the stage, every eye would be on him because he was loud and proud. He had a sanguine personality, which didn't help, but he was just loud and proud and he played really loud and it was really noisy and, and uh, don't try and guess there, And uh, it was before your time. Okay. And uh, eventually we had to say, hey, mate, we really appreciate that you are a great musician, but just sit down for a while. Because I can't stand it. You know, the Bible says that without love, we're just loud, clanging gongs. We're just a big, fat noise. I would rather have humble servants of the Lord like these guys up here. I've, I've played with some of the best musicians in the world and played with some of the best bands who have. but I would rather sing with these guys backing me in worship to Jesus than all those great, you know, musos and stuff. I'm not saying you're not great musos. You're exceptional, Daniel. But, but there's a heart. Do you know what I mean? There's a heart that, you know, when Vicky's leading worship and she smiles, it makes me feel like I'm just so happy to be in God's house. And she's not doing it because she wants to say, look at me, aren't I a great singer? And there's nothing. She's just like, ee-or, ee-or, ee-or. And then suddenly God comes and it's so beautiful. You know, when the people stand at the door and, and they greet you, you know, and I was watching David tonight, just get ready for the people to come. And David, you know, you stand there. I know there's a call of God in your life and we all know that. And, we know that God's going to do great things in your life, but you know what? You stand at that door and you say, I'll be a donkey for Jesus. I'll, I will love these people as they walk in. I'm going to greet them like they're my own family. And God honors that, and God uses that, and God loves that, amen? He loves humble, sweet, beautiful people who don't want to wring their own Do you know Aussies. Aussies can't stand it either? Aussies hate fakes and show-offs, don't they? I mean, they hate, yeah, they hate fakes and show-offs and so do kids and and, and anyone who's sensible, you know, like loud, brash people who are full of themselves just go, oh, la, 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 it's just like, go away. But give me someone who is gentle and humble and you can be loud and boisterous and, you know, flamboyant in your personality and still be humble and gentle, you know what I mean I'm not saying everyone has to be like, you know, an introvert um you know, I try to be an introvert Phil, I try hard I do, but it doesn't work just doesn't work I've tried over the years to be quieter, I think I've gotten quieter yeah, you get to speak occasionally now yeah and um It's so beautiful. Jesus is still looking for a donkey to ride on. Here, let's look at another story of a donkey right here and just take it right out of the New Testament. Let's go back to the Old Testament and see what what donkeys were used for in Numbers 22.20. And this is Balaam. This is a story of a prophet named Balaam. And he had this whole thing going on with these enemies and things. and, And God was talking to him about going to a certain place and he wasn't really listening. And so here we pick it up here. That night God came to Balaam and said, since these men have come to summon you, go with them and do only what I tell you to do. And Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, yay, and went with the princes of Moab and God was very angry when he went and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. So God had just said to him, you know, don't do anything I tell you unless I tell you to do it. But he gets up, saddles his donkey, off he goes. God's angry. God wants to stop him, probably to save his life. And uh, he, he he says, but God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord um, stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey, James, this is your retribution here, is that the right word? Oh, good. When the donkey saw... Oh, I got one. <laughs> right. When the, We have this little thing in our house where it's just... Yeah, anyway, my grandma used to always get words wrong and who says he's going to keep a book one day of all well, the wrong, wrong words that I say? When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road... Oh, it's a she. Sorry, James. <laughs> ...into a field and Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. And so he beat her again. And then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam and he was angry and beat her with his staff. And then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. Can you imagine that? (laughs) And she said, and she said to Balaam, what have I done to make you beat me these three times? And this is true. These aren't fairy stories. This is the Bible. It doesn't lie. It's not Eddie Murphy. It's not. And, uh, and, uh, and Balaam answered the dog donkey. He answered the donkey. I mean imagine that, Balaam, he's a bit dumb. You know, he doesn't even go, Oh my gosh, the donkey talks, he just says and he answered the donkey. <laughs> You've made a fool of me. Well I think you look like a fool right now. I'm talking to a donkey you turkey. Anyway, you have made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand I'd kill you right now. And the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? Like, haven't I been faithful? Haven't I just always taken you where you needed to go and be faithful? No, he said. And then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn, and so he bowed low and fell face down. And the angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared her. You know, there's prophetic people in the church. There's prophetic people like this donkey who feel things in God, who sense things in God, who feel like they need to say things to help the church grow or to you know, and they have been beat up so much, so much, so much. And they're just servants of the Lord and some of them are flaky and some of them are weird, but that's just because no one's taught them how to do it. Someone needs to take a hold of these beautiful people and just say, Look, I know that you know you, you appear to be a donkey, but you are a servant of the Lord and you know there's things there's some things that you say that we need to listen to. Amen. And I wanna honour those donkeys such as myself. In the body of Christ, who have been beat up, who are just saying what God said, Amen, and trying to bring the truth in certain situations. And here we have another donkey here in Judges fifteen sixteen, and look at this. And Samson said, "With a donkey's with a donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. With a, jo- with a donkey's, try and say that. donkey's jawbone, I have killed a thousand men." And there are many donkeys within the body of Christ that have stood as warriors and fought many battles and killed their thousands and their hundreds and and stood and and stood and stood and stood and and haven't received recognition. But let me say this right now, continue, continue to serve God in prayer. Those, Those of you who have prayed and you've not seen great success and no one's understood, continue to pray. We need you. We desperately need the fighting warriors out there who will take the jawbone of a donkey and and kill a few thousand uh, demons for us. Amen. You see, it says in 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. but God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. Tonight I want to say this to you. There's no one has a right to boast before Jesus. Amen? If we would just all offer our backs to Jesus, that he might ride on. If we would offer our shoulders to him, that we might carry his gospel to the world, to the nations. Amen? Amen? And then it goes on to say this, It is because of him, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, he is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. Let us boast in the Lord. Amen. And 1 Corinthians 2.1 When I came to you brothers I did not come to you with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Amen. Amen. This Christmas, Jesus is looking for a donkey. He's looking for a donkey. He's looking for you. He's looking for faithful people who will just get down on their hands and knees, do whatever it takes, and surrender to the call of God To carry Jesus into your families, into their homes, into every situation. This Christmas, we're saying, off. have Christmas Day off. Have Boxing Day off. And use this as an opportunity, not just to say, oh, well, I've got to go see the family. I've got to hang with these people that I don't like very much or whatever. Oh, well, it's all about prezies and all this kind of stuff. Why don't you spend some time in prayer? why don't you spend some time in prayer and say, Jesus, I'm a donkey. You know, I I might not be very wise. I might not be very good looking. I might not be very, no, smart. And I may not know much about the Bible. But my family, all they need is a servant who will carry Jesus into that meeting on that day. I'm praying that in my family, because they'll all be open and You know, still mourning the death of my beautiful mom. It'll be the first time we get together since the funeral. And I just think they're just gonna be so open. I'm believing that that I'm gonna have brothers and sisters saved. Because I'm gonna get down on all fours before Christmas Day. And I'm gonna pray my little heart out that Jesus would use this donkey to sit on these shoulders and come into my gathering and bring the promise of himself to my family, amen. Will you be the foolish thing that he might show himself wise this Christmas? Will you be the weak vessel that he may show himself strong? Will you be the humble messenger, the carrier, so that he may be glorified? Will you be willing and obedient as a servant to the king? Will you have shoulders that carry him to the crowds so they can sing Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Let's stand up, amen. Father, we just thank you right now. In Jesus' name, we declare tonight, if you want to declare this with me, you can. I'm going to declare I'm a donkey right now. In Jesus' name, we declare that we're donkeys. We declare that we're willing. Servants, we're not perfect, we're not thoroughbreds. We're rough around the edges. We are the least of these. We are the foolish things of the earth, God. But we just so much want to carry the King on our shoulders. This Christmas, let Jesus be glorified. Let the King be exalted. And let the crowds sing, Hosanna, Hosanna.